Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's very first sake podcast. Did you know you're listening to America's very first sake podcast? Because you are. I'm your host, John Puma, and I'm from the Sake Notes, also from the internet, Sake Discord, and also, finally, Reddit's r slash sake community. But I can't do this show alone. That's why I always bring this gentleman with me. And I'm your host, Timothy Sullivan. I'm a sake samurai. I'm a sake educator. And I'm also the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. Hello, Tim. How are you doing today? I am doing good. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm good. It does occur to me, uh, having just said that, that if I had to just do the show by myself, it would be really boring. I wouldn't have a lot of facts. <laughs> I wouldn't have a whole lot of education. There would be no corner. Uh, it would be a little, you know, I kind of just be like, hmm, this, I'd sip something and be like, well, you know, uh, this is this, this pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you would have no one to force you to put uh, sake kasu masks on your face. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Continue your tradition of selling me on things when you're not supposed to be selling me on them. <laughs> and speaking of continuing trends, today we're going to be moving along in our, our – I think I'm wondering, is this like a micro-series now? Because we've got our series on Japanese prefectures, and now for the second week in a row, a little something special about the prefecture. <laughs> this is this is a series, sub-series <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to tell the good people at home what makes this one so special? Yes. Well, we have a 47-part prefecture series that we've been working on for three years, and uh, it seems that we've unexpectedly focused on landlocked prefectures. That means prefectures that have no access to the ocean, and we are going to talk about another landlocked prefecture today, and that yeah. is Shiga Prefecture. Yes, yes, yes. Now, uh, astute listeners will remember that last week we talked about Gunma, which is landlocked and very mountainous. Shiga is landlocked and has a giant lake in the middle of it. Yes. Like, it like, when I was looking up information about Shiga, all of the photos showed water and, like, shorelines and also – and I was like, this doesn't – Am I, do I looking up the right place? I'm very curious. What's going on here? And then I found that it's actually, oh no, it totally is landlocked. It's just, it's somehow at the same time landlocked and very water inclusive. <laughs> yes. Is that the right Lake. word? Water inclusive? <laughs> we'll go with that for now. <laughs> okay. Lake Biwa is yeah. the largest lake in Japan. It is smack dab in the middle of Shiga Prefecture and it takes up one sixth of the entire prefecture is this lake. Now, so, when you're if you're doing like how big a prefecture is, do you count the the lake mass, <laughs> or is that like it's subtracted from the land mass? Like, how do you do this? I have no idea, but I do have a fun fact: the lake shore is 235 kilometers long. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I am no uh, I am no expert, but that sounds like an awful lot of lake. Yeah, but th there are some. Mountains in Shiga Prefecture, we've got the Ibuki Mountains in the east mm -hmm. and the Hira Mountains in the west mm -hmm. and also the Hibi Mountains. So there's a whole bunch of mini mountain ranges in Shiga, but the uh, elephant in the room when it comes to talking about Shiga geography is Lake <laughs> Biwa, which is just 
huge. And that's what everyone thinks of when they think of Shiga. This, this giant puddle in the middle of the landmass. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the lake feeds a lot of water to the rice land of Shiga. So there's, there's sake rice that's grown mm-hmm. and it's made possible by the huge water source that they have through Lake Biwa. Nihonbare and Tamai are two different sake rices that are well known from this region. And the water does not just supply Shiga, but also other prefectures benefit from water runoff from Lake Biwa as well. Mm, okay. Uh, and now here's the, the part of the show where I ask, Tim, have you been to Shiga Prefecture before? I have. Oh, ding, we've ding, got ding. a winner, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a live one. You've been to this prefecture. Tell us a little bit about your visit. Well, I've been to Shiga a few times. The one brewery that I visited for sure is Tomita Brewery, mm-hmm. which is imported into the U.S. by Joto Sake. And they make a really well-known brand, Shichi Honiari. And it is a fantastic, small, family-run brewery that is one of the oldest in Japan. How old are we talking here? Tomita Brewery in Shiga was founded in... 1540, giving us (laughs) over 15 generations of family. It is astounding. 1540. Wow. Yes. So was that that William Shakespeare's time? Maybe. Uh, So, all right. So in 1540, Henry VIII married Anne of Cleves and... uh, And there was a Holy Roman Emperor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This is an old brewery. We're just a pile of fun facts this episode, aren't we? Yeah, and they're all fun, (laughs) every single one of them. (laughs) Yeah, so Tomita Brewery is an amazing brewery. It is very historical, but the son of the last president has taken over and has done some amazing sake styles. They veer a little bit more towards Mm -hmm. rice-forward, earthy, but they have some very elegant, they have a very elegant Shizuku as well, and a Nigori that's to die for. And I don't say Mm -hmm. that often about Nigori, but fabulous. And they've been exporting to the U.S., even though they're a small brewery with just a few workers there. They've been exporting for years, so they're building up more and more of an export portfolio. So it's getting increasingly easy to find their delicious sakes around. So please look for that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan myself of the Shichi Honiari, even though uh, it is a little on the ricier side of things, mm-hmm. and so I don't often say that about ricier styled sakes. But in their case, it's uh, it's totally a winner. And I think for Shichi Honiari, it's a great example of like if ricey or maybe a, 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 a little whisper of earthiness is not your everyday go to. Mm-hmm. They bring balance to it and they bring nuance to it, and I think it's a great example of one of those sakes that can kind of cross styles and you know, get you interested in different different varieties of, of uh, flavor profiles. So something to definitely look out for. So I had a cup. I know I've been to that brewery at least twice and mm. uh, had a great time. That's interesting. I've never been to a brewery twice. That's uh, hmm. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. You get to kind of see how things have changed over the years. You have to be a pesky sake nerd like I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I never considered you to be pesky. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the brewers of Shiga do. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you want to take uh, a do you want to take a guess how how many sake breweries we have in Shiga? Hmm. Well, 
we're losing an awful lot of that land mass. <laughs> That's true. To the water. And you can't put a brewery in the water, yes. as far as I'm aware. So on our scale of 90 to 1 that we established last time, mm-hmm. uh, or 90 being the most breweries, or the most breweries, so we know that it's not 90, and we know it's not 1. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm listening a lot. I'm going to say something like 15 or 20. Hmm. Well, how about double that? We got about really? 32, 32-ish breweries. Again, give or take a, a few brewing licenses <laughs> in there. Uh, but right. my count, my my count is 32 breweries wow. in Shiga, which is more than you'd think for a it, relatively small prefecture. Yeah. And and again, like they're, they're, they don't get to use all that land. That's very interesting. Very cool. Very cool. I, yeah. I would like to visit Shiga one day. And I, mm. and I promise you that the, the point of our going back to our prefecture shows is not simply for me to shop around and find where I'm going to visit next time I'm in Japan. But, you know, I may use some of this information. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, Tim, you said you've been over the Shiga a couple of times. What did you learn? What, what, what goes on over there? What did you do apart from visiting Shishianyare twice? Well, I did visit Lake Biwa and was driven around the lake. So mm-hmm. we had some lakeside viewing. I saw a bear in real life. So there was <laughs> okay. a – this is in the rural countryside. So there was like a bear uh-huh. crossing the street, which you sometimes see in the mountainous areas. Uh-huh. And – I have to say in Shiga, I loved it. It was beautiful. I had many good meals there, but I had a borderline traumatic experience too. It was the- Wait, wait, wait. You had a borderline traumatic experience <laughs> and it wasn't meeting the bear. No, the no, bear no, no. The bear wasn't the, bear the borderline was traumatic experience. No. <laughs> for me, seeing the bear is the traumatic experience. No, no, no. <laughs> no the bear was-, was uh, very cute. Friendly. Anyway, friendly. <laughs> friendly pair. <laughs> no, it just kind of ran across the road and disappeared into the forest. So it was, oh, okay. that was no big deal. But the um, the more traumatic experience was culinary in nature. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> now you, you hear about foreigners going to Japan and having challenging food experiences. You, you can identify with that, right, John? I don't know what you're talking about at all, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had, let's just say this. I had the most challenging Japanese food experience of my entire life wow. in Shiga Prefecture. And it, it's that, a food they're most famous for. Uh-huh. All right. So if you go to right. Shiga, I'm, I'm you may bite. be served this. You're going to bite. I did not <laughs> uh, bite. I tried to bite. No, no, no. That's not what I meant when I said I'm going to bite. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to bite. I need to know what this meal was. Okay. Well, it comes from Lake Biwa. We'll start with that. Okay. It is sea life of some kind. It came from Lake Biwa. (laughs) It came from Uh, Lake Biwa. (laughs) So there is a type of fish called a funa or a crucian carp. So it's a a lake fish. Mm -hmm. And there is a fermented version of this fish called Mm -hmm. funa zushi. Funa zushi. Funa zushi. And you're saying that it's a fermented fish. Yes, it right. is a carp that comes from Lake Biwa, mm-hmm. and they stuff it with rice, okay. and then they ferment it for months. Mm. And I don't know exactly how they do it, but when it comes out, it is sli- it's like the whole fish is then sliced, and I'm going to put a picture in the show notes, and it has a reputation that... 
Japanese people can sometimes even not handle this food. It、mm. smells like old, funky fish. And this was a preservation method before refrigeration existed. So it is technically edible and it will not technically kill you. <laughs> But it, so I don't wait. know if I like that kind of technicality <laughs> in my cuisine. <laughs> But it had this old, fishy, fermented smell that I, I did try it. But、mm-hmm. I had to tell the restaurant people that I was so sorry. I could not、mm. eat it. It、mm-hmm. was just beyond, it was beyond my ability to eat it. <laughs> All right. Okay. That, I mean, had, let me tell had, you, let me tell you, when you said fermented fish, I kind of started down the road of I can see where the trauma may lie. <laughs> If you Google Funazushi, there are a lot of articles kind of sensationalizing. How funky、mm. it is.、Uh, some people call it the funkiest sushi you've ever eaten. Hardly edible fish evokes aromas of tangy blue cheese, feet, and a whiff of ammonia. And people say、uh. it just plain smells bad. <laughs> it, I don't know if you can smell a photo, but I'm looking at this now and I think I get it.、Um, <laughs> I think I might have some trouble、uh, if I tried to have this. It's pickled and then they compress steamed rice around it to seal out the air and basically let it sit for several months. And this fermentation happens that, that preserves it and gives it this funky preserved flavor. But gosh, it was just super challenging. Yeah, it sounds and looks, it sounds and <laughs> looks like it. I believe you. <laughs> But I do want to emphasize that Shiga is wonderful and that you do not, you're not obligated to eat this if you go there. Okay. That's, and that is good to know. Have you, have you had any experiences like that, John, where you've been presented with something that was just a no go in Japan that you just. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, let's not forget that I am the opposite of culinarily adventurous.、Uh, you know, I'm very easily intimidated by foods I've not seen before. Okay. And so, yeah, a lot of times where I've been presented with, with a food that I consider to be challenging,、uh, that I've been a little concerned. You want to be polite and do the, do the right thing, and you, you push forward, but it's hard. Sometimes it's really difficult. <laughs> I totally get it. Okay. Well, my advice to you is do not eat Funazushi and Shiga. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already got that advice. You told me about it. <laughs> well, now, now I'm 100% sure it's not for you. Got、me. it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, sounds, like, a, sounds like a plan. So,、um, but John, does this mean we're tasting Shichi Honyari Sake because we、uh, talked about my visit there? No. No, that would be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do want everyone to run out and get Shichi Honyari Sake and drink it as much as you possibly can. But we're actually going to hop to a different brewery. In Shiga. And、right? this is a sake that I have not had before. Yeah, this is fun. I don't get、yeah. to do this with you very often, but,、um, but the sake that we're going to be tasting today is, is, is kind of new to the area, kind of new to New York.、Uh, I'm not sure if it's new to America, but it might be. 
and I had it by chance one night at dinner. It was the only sake on the menu that I didn't recognize, and it was mm. their special that day. So I ordered a glass, and I was very happy that I did. And then I went out, and I, I was able to find a bottle, and I was like, Tim, let's let's do something with this. All right. Well, I will <laughs> tell our listeners that this is from Mifuku Shuzo, which is a baby compared to Tomita Shuzo. Uh, <laughs> Mifuku Shuzo was founded in 1917. Mm. So a f- little bit over 100 years old. And spring chicken. A spring chicken compared to Tomita. So do you want to <laughs> let us know which sake from Mifuku we're tasting and uh, give us some of the stats? Sure. So this is their uh, Sanrensei Junmai Ginjo. And it's a Namazume Genshu. So that's a fun one right there. Mm-hmm. Tim, you want to refresh everybody's memory about what Namazume is exactly? Yeah. Namazume in the shortest possible explanation means once pasteurized. So this is usually pasteurized before a storage time at the brewery and then not pasteurized a second time right when you're bottling. So it's a middle step between a truly unpasteurized sake or a t- more traditionally twice pasteurized sake. So just just remember once pasteurized. Mm-hmm. And it's a Genshu, uh, which means that it is not water diluted in any way. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's extra boozy. It just means that it has not had additional water added. Uh, we have an episode where we talk exclusively about Genshu and Sip a good one too, if I'm not mistaken. The rice that is on display here is uh, Yamada Nishiki, the king of sake rice. And uh, that (laughs) Yamada Nishiki has been milled down to 55% of its original size. Our sake meter value is a 1.5. That's that meter of dryness to sweetness. And uh, the alcohol percentage is 16 and a half. So just just a touch above average. Yeah. It's a little lower than what you'd expect for a Genshu, as you mentioned. Yeah. Now, the brand name uh, is San Ren Se, which means three stars. Mm. And my understanding from my very quick research into this brewery is that they've had three generations since their founding. Ah. So it's a nod to the three generations that have come in their brewery. So, nice. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I, when you originally said uh, three stars, I was like, oh, they're selling themselves a little short. Maybe it's really good sake. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's five this stars. A, this isn't a Yelp review, John Puma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get some yeah. of this in the glass. All right. I'm ready to give it a smell. So let me tell you. The first thing I noticed when I was poured the sake originally was the aroma. Mm. And it's that big fruity bouquet that I enjoy so much. And I was like, wow, if you wanted to catch me out in the wild, you put this, you put a glass of this in the bear trap and I'm going to come, <laughs> come strolling <laughs> along and I will not be able to resist the aroma. <laughs> <laughs> so we should put the San Rensei, not the Funazushi in the bear trap. To get, exactly. To capture. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got yes. it. Got it. Okay. I don't think the, Funaz- <laughs> the Funazushi is going to get it. So um, this is a fruity aroma, but I'm getting some kind of like melon rind aroma. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a little bit of 
hint of rice to me as well. So it's not like the full-blown gorgeous fruit salad. There's a little bit of fruit, but I get some melon rind and just this whisper of something ricey, earthy in there for me. Mm. There is that earthiness, but the earthiness and the fruit in my my animal brain translates a little bit into those stone fruits, a touch of that. Mm. But with your lighter fruits in there as well, it's a really, it's a, it's a kind of like a, a little bit of that, the, the traditional fruit salad, but it's the, tr- mm. the fruit salad that's been out a little bit long <laughs> and wait, 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 you know, it gets a little syrupy yes. at the, you know, at the bottom yes, and, yes. and it gets a little more, a little more tart. Yes. Kind of like that. You know, got a little bit of that. You and I have talked about the canned fruit syrup before. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> As you say, to quote John Puma, we're going back to the, the well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of the show, there's going to be comments about a gentle wafting from the other room. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give it a taste. All right. Mm, so it's fruity. It's rich. It does have a little bit of that syrupy, little bit of sweetness to it. But the yeah. finish is is dry. And you get just a hint of that higher alcohol, like the 16.5%. Um, I feel that more on the finish. Yeah. And I think that... I think kind of like when we were talking about the Oze recently, that bit of that, that alcohol there helps to temper the fruit a bit. Mm. And I think that much, much like in that situation, this one, if it didn't have that, if it didn't have the alcohol to, to stop it in its tracks a little bit, it might be a little too much. Right. And I think you can feel what they're trying to do with making this a Nama Zume, like it's once pasteurized. So that kind of pulls the reins in a little bit from being too overblown or we mentioned briefly about their sake rice growing abilities. Nipponbare, tamai, these rices are known to be a little more rice forward in flavor. Mm -hmm. And I think that Shiga has that proud rice character in their sakes. Mm. So this turned out nice. This is a good new sake on the block. You know, it's not doing anything crazy, it's not doing anything wild, but it, it's nice and solid. There is that, that once pasteurized uh, kind of a play a little bit on your tongue, which I like as well. Mm-hmm. It's just solid all around. Shiga making good sake. Yeah. So this this brewery is in Koka City, K-O-K-A, which is in the southern part of Shiga. Mm-hmm. It's a bit away from Lake Biwa. Mm. Uh, I think Tomita Shuzo is just a short drive from... Lake Biwa. Mm. And as, as far from Lake Biwa as one can get in Shiga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's uh, really interesting to try a sake that's newly imported and something a little different with a yeast we don't know. It's like opening up a Christmas gift. Yeah. It's a brewery we really didn't know. Oh, yeah. A prefecture we don't have a lot of sake from, mm-hmm. a yeast we don't know, but a flavor that's somewhat familiar. Yeah. They're, they're doing that thing. They're, they're just doing it really nicely. So, John, uh, what, besides the horrifying tale I told you about fermented fish, uh, what do you, do you think you're still going to go to Shiga now after after that story? I might. I may avoid the... You said this is the most famous local cuisine? <laughs> it's the most famous. I may I avoid think, the most famous local cuisine. <laughs> I think it's pretty expensive and rare. 
So you have you have to go to like a special master who produces it. So it's not something you're going to see at every train station gift shop. So shucks, you really have to seek it out. So I think you're safe. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to go back to Shiga, and I still have not made good on my New Year's revolution resolution, which is、mm. to get back to Japan. But hopefully before December, I'm going to make it back over there. There's、mm-hmm. something in the works. I can't reveal too much, but、uh, we're going to be hopefully doing some reporting from Japan from yours truly.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, I think that wraps it up for another landlocked prefecture sake episode. I think so. Our riveting new series. <laughs> <laughs> How many more landlocked sake episodes do we have? We'll find out next week. <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah. Now, before we wind up, I do want to announce to our listeners that we are going to be taking Sake Revolution on the road,、yes. and we have an exciting event to announce to everybody. John and I will be attending and podcasting from the Craft Sake Festival in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is happening on Saturday. July twenty second, twenty twenty three. It is the foremost gathering of U.S. sake brewers in the country, and it is the best place to try the most amazing domestic U.S. made sakes. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for this because number one, we haven't done a show on location in a really long time. I think the last、yep. time we did was at your apartment, which is, shouldn't really be considered on location. <laughs> That's not、time. on location. Well, you know, it wasn't.、Uh, I, I left the house, so it was on location <laughs> for me.、Uh, no, I would say decibel is... then. Decibel was our last on location, but this is、oh, like out of the state. This, this is, is on the road.、Wild. On the、yeah. road. Yeah. And it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a little booth. You can come by if you're there. Tell us a couple of things about the sakes you've been tasting. Maybe we'll record it for the show. You never know what might happen. We're in. I think while we're there, we're going to try to rein in a couple of local sake brewers as well. So that's exciting. If you would like to get tickets to the Craft Sake Festival, please visit sakeassociation.org. And you can buy your tickets online from the Sake Brewers Association of North America, and we will have all those links and information in our show notes. So、mm-hmm. be sure to check it out. Sounds exciting. Yes. So in addition to that, we want to thank you for listening and enjoying Sake Revolution. If you would like to support our podcast, we do have a Patreon, and we love our patrons and thank them so much for supporting us week in and week out. If you'd like to learn more, visit Patreon.com/sakerevolution. And did you know that we also have at our website sakerevolution.com swag? We have a little swag shop. You can buy shirts and you can buy stickers, and most importantly, new shirts. So we have a brand new shirt on the site. It is June, so it is Pride Month, and we've got our new Pride T-shirt. And the profits from those shirts will be going to the Trevor Project for at-risk youth, and we're excited to be、uh, helping out. I think that's kind of fun. I think it's nice. It's a good cause, and we've been promising new merch for months. Yeah, and we find feels good to finally, finally deliver. We're finally, doing something <laughs> about it. Yes. On that note. Please grab a glass. Remember to keep drinking sake and come by.